At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Some people are coping with food and diving into cooking and baking. Others are having long-distance chats with friends near and far. What about Oregonians in recovery? How are they faring with the isolation that's come with the coronavirus pandemic? I'm Andrew Feen, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Up next, a conversation with Grant Butler, an editor and reporter at the Oregonian and Oregon Live. We talked about how Oregonians are adapting to social distancing restrictions and how some are bringing tiny bits of joy to their neighborhood. We also talked about how mental health counselors are trying to serve their patients. We'd also like to hear from you. Send us a voice memo about how you're faring with the isolation of social distancing or whatever else is on your mind at podcasts at Oregonian.com. Now, on to the show. Grant Butler, thanks so much for taking time to chat today. How are you coping out there on the west side? Well, out in Beaverton, um, uh, we're doing really well with the the lockdown. I haven't been leaving my house much other than to take a couple of uh, walks around the neighborhood to try to get some steps in and to clear my mind. But yeah, otherwise, it's uh, working at my dining room table and uh, trying to to keep focused and get things done. And I know that you're a a lover of of good walks and spring weather. Has it been tough to stay inside or are you doing that deliberately or just kind of busy with the work? Uh, it, it helps to clear my mind. Um, out here, um, there's not really a, an issue with social distancing uh, mm-hmm. that you might have if you were trying to go on walks in the city because we're pretty spread out out here. So, um, And I live not too far from the Nike campus and there's no one there. So <laughs> you, can walk through, you can walk through there and um, you know, not worry about having to be closer than six feet to anybody. So Grant, you've overseen our coverage uh, in the last couple of weeks on how people are coping with the coronavirus uh, pandemic and the lockdown. What stood out to you in terms of coverage or stories that you've edited and um, really resonated in terms of how people are doing? Well, I think like everybody, there's concern about having enough supplies to get through however long this is going to go on. And it's no secret that Portland grocery stores and places like home supply stores have been slammed with customers. Um, Often people are avoiding, you know, the, the general social distancing guidelines. And it's been interesting in the last week to watch as stores have adapted to the situation to, to really encourage people to not shop all at once, only buy what they really need, not hoard mm-hmm. products like toilet paper and water. Um, and it's also been interesting to see stores reduce their hours as they try to 
give their employees a break because the employees are exhausted, but they're also needing additional time to go into stores and restock supplies because the supply so supply chains are open. Right. Um, so people are able to, to get get the things that they want, um, but they're shopping uh, and overbuying things. So grocery store employees are needing to take extra time to restock shelves. And then they're also paying attention to doing deep cleanings on parts of the store that get an awful lot of traffic, like the produce department and mm-hmm. the paper goods aisle. Um, and another thing that's been happening at some stores um, is they're opening up a special time in the early morning on some days to allow older shoppers and people who maybe have um, compromised health systems who might be particularly vulnerable to COVID-19, they're giving them a, a time when they can shop and try to avoid the crowds that may be happening later in the day. So I feel like uh, stores are really taking a proactive approach. I wasn't shopping at New Seasons, but I was by a New Seasons store over the weekend, and it was heartening to see that they were like limiting the number of people who could come into the store at any one time. They were really encouraging and giving like, they they had like uh, parking cones that were at the store entrance that were spaced six feet apart to give people a kind of a visual sense of what it means to be six feet apart. And I, I felt like, well, that's a really proactive way of kind of selling the idea of, of coming in and keeping your distance while you're shopping and also kind of re- reaffirming this idea of what six feet really means. And it's, it's, it's hard, I think, for shoppers when, when they're in stores and the, the crowds are bigger than they were expecting uh, to do that. But I think that also, you know, the the first case in Oregon was on February 28th. So we've had right. more than three weekends for people to um, do a lot of the shopping. So hopefully they're, they're at a point where they're stocked up and they can stay home and start eating some of the food that they've been buying. Speaking of eating, I know you're uh, obviously you're a cook, a home cook, and um, I'm wondering what, what you've been cooking to get by or what supplies you have in your home well, out there. I started I started getting nervous about this in the middle of February. And so I started making a really conscious effort then to like two or three times a week make big batches of soup. And mm-hmm. what I was doing was we'd have soup for dinner that night and then I'd freeze a quart. Um, so I feel like I've, in fact, I don't have any more room in my freezer to, to freeze more things because I've got <laughs> um, four quarts of soup, two quarts of marinara and all kinds of stuff in there. So I feel like I'm, I'm ready to ride it out for a long haul. But, you know, there's also a lot of things that I, I almost always have on hand that I didn't need to rush out to the store. I like to buy um, big bags of, of basmati rice and mm-hmm. i almost always have a good good amount of dried beans at home because i try to eat low on the food chain and those are things that you can have on hand that keep for a long period of time and so, you know so i i've been you know trying to cook some comforting food um planning on doing a casserole tonight you know you can you can take me out of the midwest but you can't take the midwest <laughs> out of me so i'll be doing some rectangular food in the next few weeks um, well, that's a great way to, to kind of stretch it out too right so you yeah. have multiple and meals also just you know it's it's hearty food but that's comforting but it's also health health focused um one of the things that 
I'm going to work on in the next few days is a story about avoiding the COVID-15, and that's like the equivalent of the freshman 15. Yeah. I worry that with um, people staying at home and being really close to their refrigerators and po possibly stress eating, that we may we may see people putting on some weight. So this is a really good time to think about healthy food and foods that are lower in fat, foods that can feed you and keep you healthy, but also mm -hmm. uh, not add your waistline. So we'll, we'll be having that in the next few days. Stay tuned for that. Um, one thing that kind of popped into my mind, um, and I'm sure this is not an original thought, but it seems like we're having a run on yeast as well. <laughs> um, a lot of uh, people are diving into baking um, or kind of figuring out how to make their own bread, perhaps. Uh, is that something that you think uh, yeah, there, might there be popping been, up? There, there have been um, increased demand for baking supplies like bread flour and yeast, and I think that's a really cool thing to do. I think baking is comforting. Um, you know, it's it's something you can do with kids. Um, kids love to make cookies, um, so it's 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 a it's a way you can do something at home that that keeps people occupied mm -hmm. and feels good. And you know, who doesn't who doesn't mind having the house smell like you know, freshly baked banana bread or you know zucchini bread or something exactly. like that yeah so it's a it's a it's something people can do i think that makes them feel like they have a, a little bit of power over a situation in which they don't really have a whole lot of power but it's something they can do to make them feel like okay i can i can't take control of the pandemic but i can take control of this aspect of my life and do something you know obviously mental health is an important part of human life as well as physical health and uh, spiritual health. What have we done in terms of our reporting in terms in uh, pinpointing how people are accessing the people who help them with their mental health, their psychiatrists or psychologists or counselors? Um, how, how are people accessing those services? Yeah, it's it's a really challenging time because of all of the stress and the the things that we have heard from the the psychologists and the therapists that we've talked to is there there isn't a one size fits all answer to maintaining good mental health during a crisis like this because everybody's situation is different and everybody's mental health is different. But what a lot of um, a, a lot of therapists are doing is they're doing telephone conversations, they're doing video conferencing with with clients to try to keep them connected. Um, we're seeing similar things in the recovery community. This is a really challenging time for people who deal with drug or alcohol addiction. And that the, you know, one of the ways that people uh, cope with recovery is by attending meetings and those aren't available right now. So uh, it's not happening Having the, the personal connection, I understand, is really hard for people who are in recovery, but they are having 12-step um, meetings online, and there are ways that you can connect with uh, your sponsors by the phone. So it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a hard time for people in unique situations where they're dealing with, with addiction or they're dealing with the, uh, regular mental health uh, issues. Um, I think one of the things that, you know, Everybody can keep in mind whether you, you, you struggle with mental health mm -hmm. at other times is, you know, the importance of eating good quality food, trying to get some exercise, even if it's, you know, doing doing yoga stretches in your living room or, you know, going to go into your 
basement and or, or your garage and doing jumping jacks you know something to keep your your body active can really can really help and then you know Try not to obsess 24-7 on what's going on. You know, that we have our television writer, Christy Turnquist, has been writing an awful lot about the really comforting shows that people are finding to stream online right now, something that can make you feel good, even if it's just for an hour that takes your, takes your mind off stuff, you know? I think yeah, and maybe it's not a dystopian thing, which is, you know, kind of a, a dominating cultural uh, trademark, I guess, for the last... Gosh, it feels like almost a couple decades now, right, Grant? Yeah, people are people are trying to seek out uh, positive things. Yeah, yeah, and you know, this is a this is a good time to go go back and you know ex- explore some explore some shows or read some books or do some projects around the house that you've been meaning to get around to stuff to make you feel occupied, but also make you feel like. Um, this big thing is happening, but it's not going to dominate every aspect of life for the foreseeable future, that there are other ways to occupy your time and your mind and your body. Speaking of life, there are many new parents out there who also kind of rely on community uh, to share, uh, you know, how they're coping with a, a, a new infant in their life. Um, we've reported on, on that as well. I mean, what, what are parents doing or how are parents uh, faring and new parents particularly? Yeah, it's, you know, it's really hard because parents of newborns frequently will look to uh, the grandparents for help with daycare or, um, you know, taking, taking care of uh, an infant while people go out and run errands and suddenly that, that extra, extra set of hands, is cut off from us, um, and I I think that flexibility is the you know is the key for everything right now. That that if you you are used to uh, a certain dynamic for childcare, that you ha- you have to be flexible about it. I don't have kids. I can't speak from my first yeah. firsthand yeah. experience, but I know that it's just it's it's it, you know as as you as you know, Andrew, yes. as, as a parent, that being flexible is really important um, in normal times, and now it's particularly paramount. Yeah, we're it's flexibility. We're trying to sneak in this interview while my wife, who is a high school teacher, is walking the three-year-old and one-year-old around the block. But again, we're lucky enough that. We are both able to work uh, and uh, get paid during this time. There are so many tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people who aren't, but um, everyone does the best they can. The thing that strikes me about this experience grant that we're going through right now, you know, whether you have small kids or older kids or no kids, um, everyone is, is dealing with something be it their employment or worrying about their parents, um, your parents uh, out of state. I mean, how are you juggling all of this, um, thinking about being far away from from family like that? Well, I'm talking to my parents every couple of days. Um, they they live in a, a the very sort of retirement community that, that has us worried. Um, but I'm calling them every day or every other day. And it helps just because hearing their voice is reassuring to me. And, you know, hearing that they're doing all right and that, they're, you know, that they're, they're bored right now. My mom's doing two crossword puzzles a day and they've been reading so many books. Um, but they're coping with it the way, you know, in a way that they can for, for 
two folks who are 85 years old. Um, but you know, and, and just keeping connected with family members who live live afar is is a good way to kind of maintain some personal balance, I think. And um, that that you know we can't we can't even if you have family that live in town, we're not supposed to be getting together. Um, but work the phone lines, try to do you know a video chat if you can. Yeah. Um, just to stay in touch and make sure that everybody's doing okay. And as reassuring as their voices are going to feel to you, it's the same way back. They're you're, they're going to be so relieved to hear how you're doing and to to hear you know that you're you're enjoying time playing with the dog or the cat and that you're um you know in enjoying the time to get to catch up on a few things around the house and that that uh, that that can be reassuring to your family and and friends. Yeah, uh, having uh, just participated in one of these Zoom video calls with some of my dear friends, um, not something I'd done before. It was really uh, buoyant <laughs> to the spirit, uh, for lack of a better description. It was very necessary. So uh, do that if you have the means uh, and the time to reach out to friends and, and family who aren't nearby. Yeah, one one thing that really gave me a lot of hope over the weekend was in my neighborhood, um, there was a uh, mysterious chalk artist who went around and wrote encouraging things on the sidewalk in front of all of the different mailboxes so that when you went out to get your mail, you you had messages like, like uh, hope is stronger than fear, and we will all get through this together, and breathe deep, and... and um, grow in the ground you're planted in. And I, I'm, I don't know exactly who it was that was writing these messages, but, but I, I'm grateful that people are trying to send out things like that to, and, you know, encouraging things that you might see on Facebook um, and just get, getting out and looking at the flowering trees. There's ways you can find some tranquility in all of this. And I think that's really important to, to try to do as we cope through this. Yeah, those simple acts of generosity when you're locked in your house or, or kindness shared through your community, those are really important. Um, you know, my cynical soul, that might that might uh, touch me as corny otherwise, but I, I wish someone was doing that in my neighborhood. Maybe I could start. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a good plan. Well, Grant, thank you for sharing uh, some stories of, of how people are doing out there, and, uh, and I hope uh, you have a nice dinner plans and uh, are taking care of yourself. Yeah. And I hope we get to see each other in face to face in the office before <laughs> not too long. I hope this doesn't go on forever. So yeah, we'll have to turn the video function on next time. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks Grant. All right. Thanks Andrew. Thanks for listening to beat check with the Oregonian. We will keep bringing you episodes from my basement in Arbor Lodge as much as possible. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a rating or review in iTunes. It helps others find the show. And we want to hear from you. So please send us a voice memo about how you're faring with the isolation at podcasts at Oregonian.com. Until next time.